Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's out of Matthew 5, 1 to 3. There could be verses flashing up on the screen. We'll see. Um, we'll keep the Lord on his toes. I may or may not use all the scriptures, but in Matthew 5, 1 to 3. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and then he was, and when he was seated with his disciples, the disciples came with him, sorry, then he opened his mouth and taught them. That's a really significant saying. He taught them. He wanted, to, wanted them to understand this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> We've got to assume that the disciples would have had an idea about what that actually meant. Because it actually doesn't go on and explain, you know, it just goes on to the next beatitude, which I'll be speaking about next week. But there's obviously something important about this because he sat his disciples down and he wanted, wanted to teach them. Well, as you know, I'm not a great teacher, so I'm not going to try and teach you very much. But I want us to think about what it is to be poor in spirit. I read a quote this week uh, by Ra a Rachel Reiki, I think that's how you pronounce it. She said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And her, her comment on that was, in desperation you cry, God, there has to be more. And then she says, with the heart of a child in me, place your hope in me. Then surely you'll see all of heaven open. We know in other parts in scripture, Jesus talks about that the ones that will inherit the kingdom are the kids. Is he literally just talking about children? He's actually talking about everybody. That there needs to be a childlikeness. There needs to be a simplicity. There needs to be a naivety, even. You know, because if, 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 we are, if we are unable to find that poorness in spirit, and it doesn't mean we're bereft of things. It actually means we're quite full up of things. Because for the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Access to the whole of heaven. This sounds pretty important, doesn't it? Axel Smith says, Being poor in spirit must be very important and valuable if it means taking possession of the kingdom of heaven itself. How can we know if we are poor in spirit? And here's the question. How can we know if we are poor in spirit? This is going to be the adventure for today. Now you don't have to agree with all these things. I'm actually using this Axel Smith outline. He just came up with some points. Now I'm not saying I agree with all of them, but I think there are things and issues that we need to consider when we're wondering about whether we are poor in spirit. Can I ask Trev Welch to stand up? Can you tell whether Trev is poor in spirit by just looking at him there? No? He's got great fashion sense, we know that. If there was a discerning of spirits, maybe so. Yep. Um, who else would I pick on? Jennifer, would you stand up? <laughs> Can you tell whether Jennifer is poor in spirit? Just just by what you see standing in front of you? No? Okay. Now, can anybody does anybody want to stand up and say that just look at me and you'll know that I'm poor in spirit. No, okay. I think you get where I'm going there. 
But I want to ask the question, along with Axel Smith, what does it look like to be poor in spirit? Because I think that can help us understand what it is to be poor in spirit, if it is what it looks like. Now, I'm following his outline. I'm not necessarily saying I completely agree with all the things that he's raised, but I want us to think about these things. And we need to go to the scriptures, of course. So here's the first point. He's, he suggests, here are some characteristics of someone who is poor in spirit. Now you've got to nut out whether this is if you see these things in people, you think, oh, okay. Does this, this maybe indicates that this is a person that's poor in spirit. Now does this poor person that's, that's being labelled poor in spirit, does that mean they're low, that they're just, they've got nothing to offer? It's exactly the opposite. Because for the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'd love access to all that the kingdom of heaven offers. Wouldn't you? Right now? We don't want to wait. But we have to wait for most of it. But if we can find a poorness in spirit, one that cries out, God, there's got to be more. Or God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? God created us so brilliant that we can come up with tons of things that we think God would just want us to do. God would love it if I did this. Without necessarily asking God, asking the Holy Spirit, reading the scriptures and saying, Oh, I think God wants me to do this. Okay, so a person poor in spirit might be somebody that is low in their own eyes. They don't exalt themselves. They are not proud, even though they may be considered insignificant by others. They see it all as God's will and rejoice that they are allowed to share in the sufferings of Christ. It becomes natural for them to go the way of the Lamb. Humiliation, not in its bad sense, but humiliation in the biblical sense becomes their nourishment. Exaltation is their reward, only given by the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, in the same way, you who are young, just submit yourselves to the elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and shows favour to the humble. 1 Peter 4.13 says, But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. 1 Peter 5.6, you might have missed that one because it wasn't highlighted red, so don't stress if you haven't got that one. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And a person that's born in spirit isn't going to argue about when the due time is. They're not even going to think about when the due time is. So often we can find ourselves saying, When's it going to be my time? Someone who's born in spirit never considers the time. Because it's not, it's not up to them. They're exalted by Christ. Christ alone. So the person that's poor in spirit may love to do their work in the hidden and doesn't receive honour from men. Matthew 6, 1 to 4 says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets 
as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, and some Pharisees, to be honoured by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the person that's born in spirit doesn't even consider rewards, because it's not theirs to claim. Christ to give. Someone who might be poor in spirit might love to occupy the lowest place. Not because they read the scriptures that the lowest will be exalted. It's just because that's they're happy to be there. It's not because of their desire to be esteemed, but because they think it's precisely the place that's suitable for them. So they just go to the lowest place. <clears throat> I confess that I have false humility when it comes to you know, church lunches and things like that. People think I'm being very humble and waiting till the end, you know, so that everybody else is served. Well, yes, there's part of that. But, but I trust that, that the people that I meet with are kind and generous and they don't take all the food and there's going to be plenty left over so I can have more. <laughs> it doesn't always work. Sorry? Yep. But again, someone poor in spirit doesn't even consider that. They'll just wait. So they occupied that lowest place. Luke 14, 7 to 11 says, When he noticed how the guests had picked their places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour, <clears throat> for a person more distinguished than you may, be, may have been invited. If so, the host invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Philippians 2.3 Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, Value others above yourselves. We're trying to work out who is poor in spirit. These characteristics are going to be what we see them doing. It's not very much about what people say. It's much more about what people do. Don't have a scripture for this one, but reserve in their conduct. They tend to be non-aggressive, non-demanding, They'll just go with the flow. That doesn't mean they're just good people. They're, kind of, they're pretty relaxed about things. They don't need to push. They don't need to have. They don't need to have a win. Someone who's poor in spirit loves to give up their advantages for the benefit of others. Again, Philippians two verse four: Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. These are all the scriptures. Here's another one that doesn't. I don't have a scripture. Here. Someone that's poor in spirit does not seek to be anything great, whether it is on the earth or on the spiritual level. Their only desire is to do God's will from the moment to moment. So often we can be concerned about what's the big thing God wants me to do, and we're not even doing the little things. We're not even doing the things that we've read in scriptures over the years, and we're still not doing them. I wonder why God 
might be withholding the big thing from us. I've always said to people, if you're looking for the big thing God wants you to do, get on with all the little things that you know he wants you to do, and you will not miss the thing that he wants you to do. You just won't. Because you will be poor in spirit, depending on God, walking along with him each day from moment to moment, and your eyes will see what he reveals to you, whether it's on the right in front of you or on the horizon. Person that's born spirit loves to get. Oh, sorry, give up the advantages. I did that one. In the number, sorry about that. Someone that's born spirit does not seek to gain influence with people, yet their entire longing is that people might come under the influence of God. 1 Corinthians 2 1 5. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I come to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everybody, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I will become like a Jew to win Jews. For those under the law, I become like under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law but I am under Christ's law. So as to win those who have nothing, uh, not, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I become weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel, not that I may share in its blessings. Someone that's poor in spirit Time is precious to them. They don't want to waste time. Yet they're calm and they don't ever be pushed or hastened into anything. Ephesians 5, 16 and 17 says, Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And again, if you want to know what the Lord's will is, ask the Holy Spirit. Read the Word of God, follow what He tells you in the Word, and look to do good. I can give you a whole list of things, but you can work that out. You know, instinctively being filled with the Spirit, you know what the will of God is. Someone who is poor in spirit tries to, in a sense, sanctifies themselves. They want to go on a journey of sanctification. So that others, by their example, might pursue sanctification. They want to be good, is my word. They want to be good so that others might be good too. Paul said, follow me. Do what I do. Shouldn't he have said, follow Christ? Well, he started off by saying, follow me because I just follow Christ. So the poor in spirit might want to be sanctified because they want others to see the journey. The journey is good. 
1, um, John 17, 19 says, For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. 1 Timothy 4, 16, Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Somebody who's born in spirit denies themselves so that their life may not be an offence to others in any way. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Someone who's born in spirit is satisfied with the cross that God gives them to bear. And they don't complain when others bother them. Someone who's born in spirit doesn't draw back from the sufferings of Christ so that after they have been tested, they can be of help to others. Romans 8, 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5. I'm going to send all this out to you, by the way, so you can get all those scriptures and you'll get those points, because I know you can't follow all this right now. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5 says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. We often don't string, you know, we, we can... Now this is, in a sense, cherry-picking verses in the Bible, but I'm stringing them together because they talk about the way that we will be acting. don't have scriptures for these points, but just consider them. A poor in spirit person, just as happy, they're just as happy whenever God puts, wherever God puts them. Whether it's among the teeming masses or in a solitary place, because they meet God in each place by doing His will. A person that's poor in spirit places great value on the fact that wherever they are or have been, others should find only the truth. Be it in spiritual or earthly things. Someone who's poor in spirit their love compels them to contribute to others' good. They feel that he is in, that they're indebted to everyone. Their life evolves as the life of a servant, and they are more than willing to bear others' burdens. There's actually scriptures for that, but I don't have them in here. They never dream about great things, but rather they take heed to the small things. No work is insignificant and no one is too small to be served. Someone who's poor in spirit, they do not discriminate and is a servant to all. Therefore they, just, they go just as willingly to where sorrow prevails as to where joy is overwhelmed. You get that one? This is a really important one. They're willing to go, just as willing to go into places of sorrow where there's loss and there's pain and there's hopelessness as they are to go into the jumping, overflowing life of the church where you love it and everything's all good. 
Mark 9.35 says, See down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the last and servant of all. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23, I'll read it again, we had it before. No, I won't read it again. It's the one where he says he identifies with everybody. So under the law, he'll put himself under the law to identify with people. If he's meeting with weak people, he'll be weak. I guess if he's meeting with strong people, he'll be strong. Because <laughs> he just he wants to identify. He, I say he, it's them. It's us. Romans 12, 15 to 16 says, Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Mourn with those who are mourning. Live in harmony with everyone. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. A person that's born spirit lives their life for the purpose of laying it down as a sacrifice. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man not come to serve, not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. John 15, 12, 13, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that they lay down his life for his friends. Someone who's born in spirit willingly steps on thorns, if only they can refresh the others in their suffering by doing so. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-6 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. You heard this before. Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so we also comfort, our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. Colossians 1.24 Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I will fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. A person that's born spirit, their ear is open to God's voice, not just to enjoy it in itself, but in order to do what they hear. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Poverty in spirit is probably something to be strived after. Because blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if we saw someone doing these things, could we have a guess that maybe they were someone that was poor in spirit? That just was so concerned in themselves that they wanted to hear God, that they wanted to be obedient to God, that they wanted to love, that they wanted to be compassionate to people, that they wanted to serve, they didn't need to be, they didn't need to be congratulated, they didn't need to be held up, they didn't need to be honoured in any way. They just get about their business and they do what they know God wants them to do because there's the kingdom of heaven. 
And you know if someone's like that, and you can see that in them, it's because they are connected to heaven that they can do this stuff. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So therefore, things in heaven become available to them in the earth. Amen? Amen? Thank you for listening.